Well, welcome to another episode of The Pastor and His People. Today, I'm with the illustrious Grant Hinson. Grant, good morning. Good morning. Uh, we, uh, you don't, you didn't do the typical, good morning, good morning. Usually, I always say it twice. <laughs> good morning, good morning. There you go. That's much better. I feel like it's normal yeah. again. Uh, John Whitaker is out. Uh, he's being dad with his giant hands and his little baby. It's such a beautiful thing to see. We are excited to for him and Jamie, um, but he's not here today. So if you uh, texted questions to Wit, they're not going to be answered today. <laughs> so uh, but we're going to look at Second uh, John um, uh, today, and we will look at the first uh, six verses. So we'll just kind of kind of walk through uh, the text. And I'm going to ask, have Grant ask some questions, and uh, we'll just have a little bit more of a dialogue today. Uh, the first uh, point was um, the title of the sermon was God's Precious Lady, and the first one was the Elect Lady. So. It begins, the, the elder to the elect lady and her children, whom I love in truth, not only I, but also who all who know the truth. Uh, any initial questions on that first point, Grant? No initial question, um, but just comments of just um, the, the beautiful way in which uh, you spoke about how precious women are, whether they're uh, adults uh, as, as wives or grandmothers, uh, but also um, as precious children, uh, and just how valued they are in the body, I think was just a beautiful uh, way to bring that out. Um, yeah, but, and I, I hope that that's what women feel in our congregation. They feel loved, they feel valued, and we know that in society in general, that may not always be the case. Um, we, we know that that one of the problems in our in our culture is women are constantly objectified. Sometimes they're demeaned, uh, devalued because of their they're not included in as wise and inputs not not put in. We don't want that here. We want to make sure, like I always say, we want to be robustly complementarian. We we do believe that um, men are called to that leadership, pastoral office, um, and that teaching ministry. Uh, but women are, are incredibly valuable Amen. in the life of the church, uh, the life of the home. So we just want to celebrate and rejoice. And God's good design, especially his good design for women. So, yeah, amen for that. Mm-hmm. I will say, I will let everyone know that I, I don't just have two daughters. I also have a son. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> so I have two daughters and a son. I know it didn't fit in the sermon, but uh, I love my son. Go Johnny. Um, one of the things I love about you, friend, is we think about, I kind of talked about two words there, um, in, you know, elder and elect. Uh, and I think that I was trying to draw this out about elders. And you can see this in John's tone in First John and Second John. He's like a father, right? He has this pastorally, fatherly, loving tone as he deals with the church. And uh, we as elders really want to be people who are known for loving the body, for shepherding, examples to the flock. And I would just want to commend you, brother. I mean, you do a wonderful job loving the body and caring for them. Uh, I mentioned in the sermon, but rejoicing greatly over the sun who are walking in the truth. My goodness, you have given me so much joy in terms of how you care and love the body. It's just a faithful thing. Uh, so uh, those who are listening, I would just want to commend you. Not only uh, Grant, but uh, all our other elders, they're really serving behind the scenes to love our body well. And if there's ways we can improve, oh, please tell us, because we really want to love you well. So any thoughts about just the, the, the pastoral office and that nature of love and shepherding? Yeah, I, I thought it was an absolutely wonderful point when, uh, you know, young men approach uh, speaking of, you know, I feel gifted in teaching. I feel gifted in, in this area. Um, but But there's... Uh, not a lot of that where someone approaches us. I don't know if it's ever happened to me where someone has approached me and just says, I love the body of Christ. I feel called to ministry. Um, and, and, and what a, what a, a crucial element uh, because we can have all the giftings of 
preaching and teaching, uh, but without love, we're just a resounding gong, yeah. you know? And, and so I just, um, I thought that was a, a excellent point and just thinking of, uh, the elders and just the, the joy, even, uh, from our text thread this morning of just how uh, wonderful, uh, the, the communion service was and just the love for the body and, and welcoming, uh, new, uh, people in to the body from our Spanish speakers. It, it was just such a, such a rejoicing blessing. Amen. Amen. Um, yeah, I think, you know, uh, we want to, um, embody what the scriptures embody for a pastor, right? We want to be godly men who love, love the flock. So, um, you know, I know that sometimes, you know, the, the idea of election can be kind of a controversial thing. And let me just say this off the bat. If, if you are one who may not agree with election or, um, predestination, you know, we're happy to have conversations about that. Um, my, my intent was not to, uh, devalue any thought that you have as someone who disagrees with me. But I do think that the clear teaching of Scripture from Genesis to Revelation is that God chooses, right? You know, I think that we see that all throughout the Old Testament, right? Um, and I think that we see that in the New Testament, right? Lots of different places. I didn't even go to, you know, Second Peter or First Peter 2. I mentioned just that he calls them the chosen race, but I didn't talk about the, the part beforehand. Um, you know, I didn't talk about Second uh, Timothy 2, you know, that God would, he would do everything for the elect. There's lots of passages in Scripture that we want to talk about that this idea uh, but I, I think that, like I said, too often we talk about this idea of election in just kind of a theological argument rather than say, okay, why does God choose? Well, God chooses as a, as a way of comfort. If God chose us, if we belong to him and he's ours, uh, my goodness, well, that should give us tremendous comfort when we go through those raging waters and those those fiery storms. I mean, what a beautiful passage in Isaiah 43. Mm. My goodness, I was yeah. reading that. I'm like, Shh. I was doing a grand shoo, shoo, <laughs> shoo. <laughs> um, so when you think about this idea of election, right, uh, pastorally, right, how much comfort does that give you? Well, even when we're when we're pastoring the saints, like, I mean, our our grip is so weak. But as we think of God's grip, uh, you know, he'll never let us go. We cannot be plucked from his hand. But if it's dependent upon me and as I'm counseling, like, oh, I've got to give them the best words. I've got to, you know, but if I trust the sovereignty of God and I use his word and know that he is faithful and just, then I'm, I'm trusting them to his hands not their own, not their obedience, not their faithfulness, not my counseling ability, yeah. but I'm trusting in God and Him alone. Yeah. And I think about even going back into 1 John and the fact that we are His beloved children and mm -hmm. just how much how much language is there about being born of God. Well, Amen. you can't be born um, by your choice. Right. <laughs> right? Like, I didn't come here by my Amen. own choice. The Lord brought me through my parents, but He brought me to Christ through his, his, by the power of the Holy Spirit. So, I think that's just a, a joyful thing, right? Mm -hmm. And we, we should, we don't want to, I don't want to lose. And I know we have a lot of theologically minded folks in our church. Praise God, praise Amen. God for it. Uh, but we don't want to lose the, the the heart of why the theology exists, mm -hmm. right? It's the heart of God. It Amen. says, you don't have to fear because I've chosen you. You belong to me. You are mine. Uh, that's a wonderful, wonderful thing. So uh, well, we kind of move, move, moving on, I kind of uh, took these ideas of love and truth, right? And kind of wed them together. I initially was thinking 
you know, the loving lady, the truthful lady, those are the two words I was kind of wanted to draw out, obviously in this whole entire book, but primarily in the beginning, uh, truth is mentioned a lot in that first uh, couple verses. Uh, we see it, uh, I think, three or four times right there in the, in the first two verses. So we know it's a big deal. And again, he kind of weds it together again in verse three uh, in that kind of a formal greeting in truth and love. Um, so I guess this is kind of good for me since you didn't prepare questions. I, right. I, could, I could just ask you this question as someone who just listened to the sermon twice yeah. um, every week, baby. Yeah. Uh, why, why is truth and love so important? Kind of connecting those together. Well, I think like you said yesterday, you can't have one without the other and, and be heard. You can have one without the other, yeah. but not be heard. Yeah. Um, and so I think um, our, our, our definition of love has to be biblically rooted and grounded in love. Yeah. You know, like, like when he was um, rebuking the Pharisees or correcting them, he didn't do it in a passive aggressive manner. He didn't do it in a, in a condescending manner. And I would, I would warn our sheep that if you're reading the scriptures and that's the way that you feel that he was talking to them or uh, talking down to anyone, a lot of times that reflects in the way that you speak uh, and approach. But without both together, um, thinking of Jesus and, and when he would just uh, be moved with compassion when he would see the sheep without a shepherd, not in a sense of, ah, they're just so silly. They just don't get it. Why don't, you know, um, how, how are they so blind? I mean, this is so, you know, and, and it's just, uh, just the compassion piece of it because we all have blind spots. Yeah. We all have weaknesses. Well, I think, you know, if you are listening, I think people tend to fall on one kind of, if you, if you kind of have a, a railroad, if the railroad is truth and love, like one, you know, just come running parallel to each other. I think we all tend to fall off on one side or the other. Mm -hmm. Some people fall off on love. Well, we got to be more kind and gentle and yeah. not say anything. And others fall more on the truth side of things. No, we got to speak the truth, right? So I think that we want to be on that railroad track, mm -hmm. right? There's that visual picture for you, for you, Grant. Right? We want to be on that visual, uh, that, that railroad track on truth and love. But we're going to fall off both sides. This is one of the reasons why I think we have the body of Christ. We have good relationships. Amen. I ask lots of questions. I kind of try to draw up the fruit of the spirit there. Mm -hmm. is, our, is the spirit of truth, who we have, right, yeah. that guides us into all things that are true. Uh, is it, but he's also gentle and loving and kind and... Uh, patient is that how we speak truth um one of the encouragements that i would give to you uh church family is that have people in your life that you regularly ask questions to um just so you know that grant and i ask these questions often i'll, I'll be preaching and i'll just say hey was my tone right there do you think that I, I i struck the right balance hey i'm having this conversation with this member i feel this way i don't know if i'm thinking wrongly here am i misinterpreting things and you know, so we're always kind of asking questions of one another and, you know, I'm kind of, you know, giving him uh, free reign to kind of speak truth to me, right, that I need to hear. Um, but, you know, it's a, it's a wonderful blessing to have true kind of friends that, that are able to do that. So I would invite you to have people in your life where you're asking those kind of questions that can help you dialogue your own heart and emotions. Um, so I guess for, for, for you, Grant, how important it is, is it, um, I guess for, for you, maybe just ask a direct question to you. Mm -hmm. If you're on the railroad track, where do you tend to lean? 
He's thinking. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> um, I would probably say love. Um, but. See, my first thought was actually you, you do a pretty good job striking that good balance because mm. you're a bulldog for the truth, right? You, mm. you don't you don't wrestle uh, away from the truth. You don't shy away from that at all. And you always really want to make sure that you're kind. Right. And so like we really want to be kind and gentle and, you know, and I think that's been evident in just how people approach you and come and talk to you about their, their struggles. So, um, you know, I think you're striking a good balance there. Right. And, you know, we pray we both are right. That's, that's, that's the yeah. aim of elder. We want to strike that balance of living in truth and love. And yeah. we're not going to do it perfectly. I said this in the sermon, we're not going to love perfectly, but we want to, yeah. right. Um, you know, I think this next section of scripture is going to be talking about, um, deceivers and false ideologies. Mm -hmm. So, if I kind of leaned heavily more on the love and encouragement side for this sermon, the next sermon, if you lean towards the truth side, you're going to go, yeah, <laughs> right? So yeah. this is why I think when that's why you, you go to church, not week in, wait a couple of weeks and week out, right? You mm -hmm. go every single week because what's going to happen, you're going to hear different things. It's going to sharpen different aspects of your thinking mm -hmm. to make you more holistic in your view of Christ. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, I, I love this verse, right? Verse 4. Uh, and I think he draws this out even more in, in chapter uh, in First John, Third John, right? Mm -hmm. You know, Third John, um, he says, um, "I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in truth." Mm -hmm. Right. So I love that. I've always kind of wrestled mm -hmm. with that, uh, rejoicing that in Third John. But this one, I rejoice greatly to find some of your children walking in the truth. And I said, you can't really you can read negativity in there, like, hey, some are walking, some aren't. But just doing some study and some thinking, in my own experience, I think it's probably more positive, right? Mm -hmm. He has heard of some of the body, and he is rejoicing in the some who are walking that he is that he knows about, right? Mm -hmm. He probably would be rejoicing about the whole entire church mm -hmm. if he knew all of that was going on there. So I guess maybe this is a it's just you know off the cuff, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you as an elder, uh, as an elder of this church, how have you rejoiced greatly this past couple weeks? Of over the sum, maybe maybe some specific examples. How you how has God given you joy over the sum of the body walking in truth? Uh, I, I've seen uh, a man last week uh, approach me and just um, be convicted of pride uh, and and trying to be self reliant instead of reliant upon the Spirit, and I rejoiced greatly in that yeah. um, seeing. Uh, young men uh, accept uh, a teaching role where they had never done that before. Uh, I rejoice uh, in the in those truths. Um, just even uh, comfort that uh, my wife has received from uh, text messages or gifts uh, as she uh, struggles physically uh, with some iron issues and being cold. Um, and so like those are things that that I've rejoiced in. Um, people loving uh, my children well, um, loving uh, the body well, uh, just unexpected things uh, where a family member moves back into a household and the body, rallies around a, a deacon checking in to uh, check on their physical needs and find uh, this situation and how the body rallied around a meal being taken over to them immediately, um, even with the Whitakers uh, and just how uh, the, the uh, 
fear uh, that can uh, come in of having COVID with a brand new baby and just uh, the body's response to that in uh, loving kindness uh, has just been, uh, and that's just been in the last week. Uh, I know. It's it's, it's amazing to see, like, I don't think that we realize how special our congregation is sometimes. I mean, you know, John and Jasmine were out with COVID and they just, man, John's like, I can't, I didn't want to want to accept any meals. I don't think I need it. But then it's like, man, these meals are amazing. The church family loving him the way that, the way they did, you know, just seeing the vulnerability that Ryan Williams shared about his dad on Wednesday, you know, was really precious. Um, You know, to see someone like Melissa Wallace stepping up and serving in sound, you know, learning something new. See even, see my, my son working and running the camera, you know, during the second service and, and happily serving there. You know, I mean, I think that there's, there's just, um, you know, our residents, my goodness, mm-hmm. you know, they gave me some great insights, you know, the guys who are helping me with sermon prep and just the insights that they have and they're bringing towards the scriptures are, are just absolutely wonderful. I mean, music was phenomenal mm-hmm. um, last night and the extra prep that it took in to do the two services, mm-hmm. you know, of course you had the morning service that they had to prep for and then they had also, all of them had to come together for the communion service and so many people participated in that. That was just phenomenal. I rejoiced greatly. Uh, in that, you know, and like, there's just, uh, you know, ways that I'm just seeing God move and stir in people's life to serve. Right. And I think that this is one of the things that's so important, uh, to find joy and is to see how God is moving. Listen, if you're going to be in a, in a church that values doctrine, you're going to value confession of sin and calling out sin. Right. And we should never stop doing that, but we should never, um, only talk about sin and not talk about God's sanctifying work in our life. Because if we don't talk about God's sanctifying work, how he is growing me, we're, we're denying the scriptures, right? Because the scripture says that if you come to Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, you're going to walk and be sanctified and become more like Jesus. So we want to rejoice how we as a body are reflecting the image of Christ and how we as individuals are doing that. Not to say, yay me, never, that's, that's boasting in ourselves. God would hate that, that self-righteousness. But we're saying, we're, I want to boast in what God has done through me. I mean, what a testimony we heard last night from from Danny and Jason. Yeah, My goodness, amen. I, mean, I just I was weeping right mm-hmm. hearing hearing that testimony, and um, you know, and that's God. Amen. That's God. Right. Amen. I re- rejoice greatly in that. Mm-hmm. Right. I rejoice greatly in Sarah Servance and being her being here for so for so long, being so faithful. Mm-hmm. I rejoice greatly that Roberto used this gift of being bilingual and serving the church last night. My goodness, like I just I, my heart is overwhelmed, mm-hmm. right, with joy. Uh, for what God is doing in our body. Amen. So, Amen. Um, so and, yeah. And just even thinking, uh, you know, family, we we get down in the spirit. Our our countenance uh, can become downcast. Uh, but when we rejoice in what the Lord uh, is doing around us, uh, it just it just lifts our eyes to the heavens from where our help comes from. And so if you haven't rejoiced in a while, uh, just like Dave and I just did, uh, please do that. Take time to be with a brother or sister in Christ and just rejoice at what God is doing. Uh, and going back to the election and, and him choosing, he gives these gifts uh, as as minimal as we may think that they are, they are not. When God Almighty moves among you, that is a, a feat in itself. Because we are created in Christ Jesus, Amen. right, for good works. So the good works that we are doing are not ours, right? Amen. They were created by God for us to do. So Amen. God gets all the glory here, beloved. And 
you know, I'm, you know, I'm thinking through Ecclesiastes of late, and Ecclesiastes, I think, design is to look at all of the simple gifts that we see in front of us and rejoice in it. Mm-hmm. Um, my goodness, I would do the same thing for the church. Mm-hmm. Take a day, you know, take five, ten minutes, and just do what we just did. Let's Amen. just find encouragement what we see in Amen. the body. We did that with our residents this past mm-hmm. week. And say, hey, guys, well, how are you seeing God? We're moving in the body. Like help asking the questions. Yeah. All right. So last last point. Uh, Hold on. Go. A quick plug. Uh, if you would like a book on Ecclesiastes, <laughs> uh, there is one available oh, by yes. David Benson King. You can get it online <laughs> at Amazon. It, yeah, it will be printed for you. Or you can read uh, all the things online for free. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, anyway. Chapter uh, 1, verse 5 says, Now I ask you, dear lady, pastoral there, not as though I was writing you a new commandment, but the one we've had from the beginning, that you love one another. And this is love, that we walk according to his commandments. And this is the command that we have heard just as we were beginning. I already kind of talked about um, love in the sermon. So I was kind of really kind of drawing this idea of walking or abiding. This is the kind of like the hinge verse of, of the chapter because it, it kind of, you know, he's saying, now I urge you to continue to walk it in the truth because he's going to open up all these false teachers and, and don't listen to these deceivers who are coming in, right? So there's going to be a very clear uh, angle there. And specific, how do you deal with false teachers and interact with them in terms of hospitality, which we'll kind of go into uh, next week. Um, uh, Yeah, so I mean, I don't don't have anything more than say that because I think we're going to kind of hit a little bit more of it. Yeah, um, well, I just, I love the, the walking aspect because we as his children need to be active and moving um, and so, uh, not, not sitting back idle or slothful. Um, so I love that, that we are actively keeping his commandments. We are, we are walking in these things daily. This is not something where we, okay, let, yeah, let's walk in the truth on Sundays or Wednesday night. No, let's, let's walk in his commandments constantly, uh, because they are not burdensome. They're a joy and a delight because no matter where Christ puts his children, they are going to be salt and light to this world. And so the active, uh, ness of that. So like we're saying, sitting and, and being encouraged, uh, to hear all of what God is doing in and through his body here at Park. But if we don't move, if we don't stay active in that, well, guess what? We're going to be reminiscing on what's happened in the past constantly. Well, let's continue to forge forward to see him move continually every day. Yeah. Yeah, so there's, there's, there's an appeal to love one another. Again, you have to, you're going to be reminded that often to love one another because the scripture commands us to to be reminded of that. And that's not our natural state, mm-hmm. right? Our natural state is to love self mm-hmm. um, over everything else. But we uh, want to love Christ and his people more. Um, so we, we pray that as we continue to work just through this little book, that we would uh, love uh, God in truth and love, right? We walk in truth and love. So we kind of heavily emphasize love and encouragement. And then this coming week, we're going to uh, be looking at um, some some things that we want to hold fast to the truth. So just maybe an, an appeal to you, if you see things um, in our body uh, that you are concerned about, um, if you see um, false ideologies, maybe not within our body, but maybe within the evangelical uh, worldview, um, you know, please let us know so that we can uh, be aware of those things. Uh, because remember, remember, body um, beloved, we are um, we are one body. And God has gifted all of us and those of us who may lean towards the truth, right? We need your voice, right? Just like we need everyone who kind of leads towards that love, right? So let's try to stay on those railroad tracks of truth and love. Uh, Grant, you want to close this out, friend? Father, we love you. We thank you so much for your word. 
Uh, we thank you for uh, what you are doing with it. Uh, Lord, we trust you and know that your word will not return void. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would encourage your body uh, through this time this morning uh, and that they would rejoice in truth and love. Lord, we love you so much, and I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.